Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome to our equipping podcast. We're in our series, Soul Health, where we're taking a closer look at what the soul is, what a healthy soul is, what an unhealthy soul is, which we'll talk about today, and then lastly, how to care for it. But before we jump in, I'm here again with uh, two of our elders, Matthew Morkin and Michael Rhodes. Uh, Guys, Christmas is in sight. What are your kids asking for? I'm a little bit, like I got older kids now, but like what what are your kids what's the hot toy items i'm hesitant to say because we're talking about unhealthy souls and what are we craving in this <laughs> life this is my kids they need jesus right i'm sorry guys sorry if you're listening they're not but this is a podcast that we're pretty safe that our kids do not listen to no yeah. way they listen to. <laughs> yeah oh man i mean mine we have so many legos so many but there's so many more i mean it's still yeah there's there's a new set there's also some these swords out there and they sword fight like crazy i mean i it's amazing that my house does not receive more damage from sword fighting and thankfully the weather's been great this fall so they can go out and beat each other in the yard i wonder often (laughs) what my neighbors think but the point being there's some there's a sword set out there and they want that um you know i have an older son who is thinking about car accessories, though he doesn't have a car, and uh, that day is coming too. So, uh, it's crazy. So, so you're you're a boy house looking at medieval weapons yep, for your children. Yep, that's good. Yep. You're, mo- I mean, not totally a boy house now, but I mean, three I mean, to, three to one. Mostly. She's nine months, so she's kind of clueless about not that, speaking yet. So, I mean, Legos for our middle one. Legos, 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 and more Legos. Um, I don't even want to. I should buy stock in Lego. I, I just realized it is not Legos. Did you know this? It's just Lego. You do not call them what? Legos. It's Lego. You build with Lego because that's the brand. So wait, what if there's more than one of them? It's just you build with Lego. So what's the plural of Lego? I don't know. Lego. It's like it's like moose. Moose. So you see the moose? we were we because the summer mooses? we started watching. Did you Le- see the Lego? That seems confusing. I feel of, like Legos. Is there a herd of we Legos? got this from Lego Masters, the show. We started watching Lego Masters. A school of Legos. <laughs> um, started watching Lego Masters this summer, and it was great for the boys. Um, we're like, I don't know, five episodes, five seasons behind. We're way late to the game, but they corrected it in the first season. They are it's Lego. Wow, uh, not Legos. That seems like a total nerd move. Excuse me, it's Lego, oh. not Legos. They have a lot more money than we do, Jake. A lot more money. Than What's funny is a few episodes ago, I got to share the word Lefsa with you guys, and you were just sharing with me that it's just Lego. It just this comes, is a whole it, new level. It comes around. Yeah, it does. Wow. Give it out. I just wonder, around. like, what else is he going to teach me? So, I mean, I didn't come up with it. I is just, it? So I don't show is it Lego? That I you're didn't come up with Lefsa. I mean, there. The, our middle son will for sure. End up with too many Legos, I'm sure. Lego. 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 Yeah, Lego, Lego. Yeah, too many Lego. Yeah. That's um, hard. I know. Too many Lego building blocks. But one thing about Lego, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm it's I'm not done yet. But um, You could say wh- like there's a herd of moose. I think we need to like, is Lego in schools? Is it in herds? 
Is it a flock of Lego? I like flock. Get them a flock of Lego. A pride of Lego. A pride, pride of Lego. There you go. But you can build. You can you so sure you buy the set, you build the thing, and then two weeks later you tear the thing down because you can build anything with it. I, that's one thing I love about Lego. There you go. You got <laughs> I'm it. Doing it. Sam's trying to show me what's correct. Lego is never ever Legos is what Sam just showed me. What with an S? It's always Lego. Yeah. There you go. I, I, okay, I'm just going to read this. Is it correct to say Legos? Lego is always an adjective. So Lego bricks, Lego elements, Lego sets, etc. Never, ever Legos. I stand corrected. Wow. You did, did not know this is where this whole podcast is going. And if uh, any of our listeners have don't have little kids, they have already turned this off. This will... <laughs> Well, or so boys, Jake, we've been, yeah, so we've talked little boys. So you you still have a younger daughter. Yeah. What is she going for this year? My youngest is in sixth grade. Um, this is exposing how bad of a father I am because I'm like, I'm sure Marcy knows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, she's really into art. Yeah. Art supplies, pens, Sweet. paper. Yeah. She Drawer like, or painter? She likes both. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, she fills up notebooks. She's into art. I mean, you're asking me this. The only one I know is my Lego kid, like, because I don't know what everybody else wants at this stage. Because we're recording this on uh, beginning of November, like I haven't thought about Christmas gifts at this stage. We're still eating Halloween candy. I feel bad because my kids <laughs> did pull Guess out. Guess what's the going list. in their stockings? <laughs> Halloween candy. I hope you got a lot this year because it's got to make it. We're two already months. taking it all all to my office. Literally, <laughs> I walk by and Michael's unloading bags of candy into his oh, secret yes. stash. Oh in his yeah, office. that is good. That lasted a full year the last round, didn't it? Secret stash. Oh folks. no, it does not last a full round. I feel like my kids are disappointed because they'll say, "Can I go into Michael's office and get candy?" Yeah, because I have nothing to offer them. Yes, they always can. Now the whole church is coming in. But if you come in and grab five pieces, you have to leave five pieces at this stage, if the whole church is coming in. But they don't know where. No, uh, yeah, don't come in my office like that. That's weird. <laughs> Creepy stalkers. <laughs> Look it's, it's a It's a secret stash. I mean, yeah, you don't have totally. like a jar on your desk that says candy. No, you, it's you, a secret stash. Yeah, you don't know where to go. Yeah. But for those that know where to go, enjoy. It's full right now. It's full after Halloween. Plum full. Mm. It's great. <laughs> Don't know how to transition at this stage. <laughs> Lego and Halloween candy. Uh, okay, I'm still baffled by that it's not Legos. It's going to take me a while to embrace that concept. Yeah. I remember playing with these little people uh, as a kid. They weren't Lego. They were these little people, round head, kind of oblong body and we always call them pigos and we call them that nonstop. played with them all the time for months of the year with my neighbors it sounds and like then some knockoff version from lego so it wouldn't be pegos it, it'd be pego yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure and then years later i find out from my neighbor that that was the name she named them and they were actually called people and I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. it's, so this is so about an equally shattering moment for me where right. I just I learned something new. Okay, here's your mind-blowing transition. Those okay. people were they just physical. They had no soul. Uh, hey! <laughs> they had no soul. <laughs> we're just a toy. Give uh, this man a Reese's. <laughs> <laughs> but not a radio show. Seriously, has anybody got a Reese's right now? In my Sam office. Said, yeah. <laughs> 
So we are talking about the soul. We spent the first episode just saying, what is a soul? There's a lot of cultural misunderstandings or uses of the word, um, but we're saying you're more than just a body. You have a spiritual aspect to you. You are, you are a soul. You were made by God for God. In that case, a healthy soul is a soul that is connected to God, that dwells upon God. We looked at some passages that refer to our soul needing God like we need water and food. Uh, we need to feed on God. We need to be connected to God. And when we are, that produces a healthy soul. This one, we want to talk a little bit more about an unhealthy soul. Um, and before we kind of jump into what an unhealthy soul is, do you feel that it's more an unhealthy soul is a more prevalent problem than gets diagnosed in people today? Do you know what I'm asking when I, when I say that? Yeah, because, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, the wide path and the narrow gate. Like, the world is on the wide path. Like, they're not considering their souls. Like, they know something's messed up, but they're not They're not either defining it as soul. They think it's something else. So, yeah, I think the, the world is just doing whatever it wants to do, you know, without even considering the soul. So, yeah, it's going to be misdiagnosed because they're not even considering it. Yeah, I think consistently. And I think the world is getting more and more onto it because I think as we lean more toward like mental illness and some of the struggles with clarity as to what's going on there, I think that's where a gaping hole for like a specific um, diagnosis would, would be helpful that there's a soul and there's something wrong there. And so I think as we lean into that, like clearly this isn't necessarily physical, certainly can have physiological issues in the brain. Absolutely. But there's something about this attitude, this action, this, uh, behavior, this character. And so they're going to the mind because we can't fully like put our finger down on like what causes and, and why is this the way it is and so on and what's impacting this. And I think they're gaping, the gaping hole that they're missing is this, this thing called the soul and what it implies. As pastors in a growing secular culture, you feel like, listen, we're not doctors. We're not psychologists. We're not sociologists. But you're looking at problems in our world and you're, they're getting diagnosed like, well, this is your problem. This is your problem. This is how you solve it. And as pastors, you're kind of in the corner yelling like, well, we got a soul too. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's the most important part about you and nobody's addressing this. And I think your unhealth of your soul is contributing to maybe mental unhealth or marital unhealth or um, career unhealth. Like we're unhealthy at the core of our soul. It's going to express itself in so many different ways. Well, and I think about those things like anger, you know, which isn't necessarily a thing. It's something that's you know, in you, or, you know, if you want us to talk about it shallowly or anxiety and some of the things that have paralyzed so many folks, especially in the, like the last two years, I know it's been going on forever, but like this continuously, these, this talk about anxiety and the angst and the frustration, and it's not really substantive. Certainly it drives how you make decisions and jobs and act attitudes that reveal itself to people. But yeah, you sit in the corner saying like, what if there's something more, there's something, and knowing that there is something more, but they don't want to address it. Mm. So how does a soul become unhealthy? I want to look us, uh, direct us to a passage, Deuteronomy 4, 9, where um, Moses is talking. He's warning the Israelites, and he says, take care and keep your soul diligently. And just kind of pause there. That's, that's why we're doing this podcast. This call to take responsibility for your soul. You need to keep your soul 
And you need to be diligent about keeping your soul. That's what we're calling all of us to. But he says, take care, keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen. And their eyes have seen the works of God. And he's saying, the warning is you're going to go into the promise and you're going to forget God. And that's what's going to kill your soul. That's what's going to kind of uh, shrivel your soul up. You try to live your life forgetting God. Um, and we said last time a healthy soul is one that feeds on God, is connected to God, is nourished by God. An unhealthy soul is a life that forgets God. You go about your day and you never had one thought about God. You went to work, you cooked dinner, you went to a movie, you watched your show. Like you did 24 hours and God didn't enter your mind once. That kind of pattern is going to lead to an unhealthy soul. So what are the what are the inroads to that or what are other contributing factors that lead us uh, to neglect our soul that way? Well, I would just say that's a great diagnos- diagnostic question of like, how often have I thought about God? How often did I think about God yesterday? Because you may go, oh, I just went my whole day and literally never thought about God one time. And that's just putting you on a a trajectory that's headed in a bad direction, right? So, um, what, I don't even remember what your question was. No, yeah, if you had a, if you had a day, where it's like I was never grateful. I never had a worshipful moment. I never had a thought about God. Which probably pastorally, when we talk with people, we feel like I think that's kind of normal. And we're so busy, we're so preoccupied, we got things to do that we just don't have time, or it didn't come up, and we don't know the effects that ha- has on our soul. And if our soul is unhealthy, the effects that will have on every aspect of your life. So we got this call like, all right, we got to keep our soul diligently, some threats we need to look out for, and what are the things that contribute to an unhealthy soul. And next, next time we'll, we'll get to our, how do we practically right. care for our soul. But if we want to look at let's better understand an unhealthy soul and the contributing factors to that. I mean, it's it's hard to be a pastor and say things that you feel like you say every time something like this is asked, but that need for the word, um, I have come back to Psalm 19, seven, the word of the Lord, the law of the Lord revives the soul. And so walk, to consider a day where you have not thought about the Lord or the implication of the Lord, and we have nature is pointing to God, the heavens are declaring the glory of God, and we walk over the grass in our yard, which is so annoying to mow once a week when it's raining, um, you know, when it rains regularly, but here you have a little green leaf that's taking sunlight and creating food and energy for itself, you know, and we pass over it like it's no big deal. You know, it's no big deal. It's no big deal that this thing that's out in the sky reflecting the sunlight is, you know, hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of times bigger than this ball that we're sitting on, you know, and we have all this help to us. And then you have this letter that's written to us that tells of a people and uh, primarily of God's faithfulness to a people and to a new church. And we, we just, we see that. And so, um, yeah, it's just really, uh, I mean, it's the need you walk away from the word, things are going to happen. You walk away from your gathering, your community, the hands and feet of Christ that you interact with on a regular basis. Um, it's your mind is going to go different places. You're going to conclude different answers. And certainly I believe that some of the answers could fix your problem or numb your pain for a little bit, but you're not going to the deepest level to address stuff. And so you're coming up short with where you're going. Like when you walk away, 
it's going to have an impact and it's going to change the trajectory. It's going to change your answers. Yeah. One verse I heard put it, our world has replaced the word soul with the word self. That word is really consumed with our ourselves. And there's a, there's a clear difference between self care and soul care. And I think a lot of people talk about self care. I mean, even in our church context, I've heard a lot of our people just like, I need to take care of myself. I need what, a self-care day. Yeah, I need a self-care day. And that means like, I just need to get away. I need to relax. But if you go on a vacation or if you take a day, you go to the park, it's just you, you enjoy the day, but you have no thoughts of God, you didn't care for your soul. You tried to care for yourself, but you're not recognizing that yourself is made up of more than what you realize you have a soul. Which goes back to Matthew 16, which we've mentioned in every one of these podcasts, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul, mm. right? Like, what, what shall a man give in return for his soul? And I think of, like, what is the threat to a, a healthy soul? Like, it's the things of this world, the pleasures of this world, the, oh, I need this today, Mm. And it's not God. It's not the thirsting, like we talked about last time, um, thirsting and hungering after the Lord. It is thirsting and hungering after the things of this world. So an unhealthy soul is going after all that over and over and over and over again. Mm. And the issue with that, the things of this world are the created things, and God gives us access to the Creator. Like So we are substituting things He's made when we could have Him. Like we get God. Yeah. And so we, through Jesus Christ, this whole redemption story, this thing that we talk about, you know, reading your Bible and praying is like you being able to talk to your maker, not the thing he created. Yeah, but I don't need God. I just, I just need a vacation. Or I don't need God. I just need uh, a spouse. Or I don't need God. I just need a good meal. Or I don't... I, but see, I don't think that's the, what the church would say. I think people in the church would say, oh, I know I need God, but I also need it. But sure. I also need a vacation, yeah. not... I don't need God. I know I need God, but I need this too. Sure. For yeah, where, absolutely. what's really going to give me, like God will give me salvation someday, but I just need rest now. Mm-hmm. And we don't look for God to that. Mm-hmm. And that can be a preoccupation with our, our self mm-hmm. of thinking we're going to find it outside of God. The, another quote I wrote down from a book I read, it was, my soul becomes shallow when my interests and thoughts go no further than myself. You just were made for more. And if you're consumed by yourself, that's like eating junk food to feed your soul. Mm-hmm. It's just going to shrivel up. When you think about going to yourself as a source of peace or constructing an idea that will give you peace when you have actually been the one who walked you into the position that you're in right now. Mm. I have brought myself to this place, seemingly. So if I then seek myself to get out of this place, it seems, how does that work? How is that going to go? I need an outside source to get an outside piece. Right. And even secular psychologists have kind of looked in on this. Martin Sigelman is a psychologist has a theory that it's because we've replaced church, faith, and community with a tiny little unit that cannot bear the weight of meaning, that's the self. We're all about the self. We resolve our lives around ourselves. Ironically, we are more obsessed with we are, we are with ourselves than we are with our neglected soul. It's just like, you, you can't be satisfied by you. Like, it just doesn't do it. Um, so there is a preoccupation with self that can really contribute to the unhealth of our soul. What else do we see? I mean, when I think of Psalm 43, 5, it says, Why are you cast down on my soul? So it sounds like there's a, maybe an unhealthy soul, and there's a cast down soul in this. 
and why are you in turmoil within me? And then the answer is, hope in God, for I shall again praise him and my salvation and my God. So um, just an unhealthy soul isn't hoping in the Lord. Mm. It's hoping in the things, the unlasting things of this earth, and it's not worshiping the Lord. Yeah. So again, not thinking about the Lord, considering the Lord. Yeah, so you cannot be in sin and feel like, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. You just, when it comes to your soul, you have a terrible diet, mm. and your soul is dying inside because you've been so preoccupied with the things of the world. You're busy at work, busy at home, busy, and you've just, you never have thoughts of God. You never worship well, of God. You never have thankfulness of God. That affects your soul. I think that's an important phrase. Like, you you don't have to be in sin. Like, this isn't a discussion about drunkenness, murder, or adultery, right? This is a discussion, perhaps, too, of, like, YouTube and mm. Netflix, you know, yeah. where you just sit there and you're, you've been busy. Like, all, we acknowledge all day long, you're busy. Mm. But this idea to just go and lay lethargically and just, you know, you're not getting drunk, you're not you know, doing something crazy, but you're just, yeah. you're, you're kicking your mind in neutral and just, you're just seeking that peace that can't be found in that. Yeah. It, and I want to, I want to talk more about that aspect because I think it's applicable before we jump there. I don't want to neglect or not mention the role of morality and your soul. This is first Peter two eleven. He says, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of your flesh, which wage war against your soul. So there's more inroads to unhealth for soul, but if you're living in active sin, that impacts your soul. Like you, your soul's going to be at war with you because you were made to be in line with God and you're in rebellion against God, and that's going to have an impact on your soul. Yeah, so if you're fe feeling this like incredible turmoil and tension inside, you may go... God, is there sin in my life? Like, mm. am I living in sin? Like, am I... Yeah, that's that's good, Jake. Yeah. I think of David with the unconfessed sin with Bathsheba. It talks about, like, his bones wasted away. Like, he was just zapped, like, the heat of a summer day. It's kind of like, if you feel like your soul is unhealthy, or maybe you wouldn't describe it that way, you should look and, like, is there sin I'm not dealing with in my life? Because that's where, going back to probably first episode here where the soul is connected to the physical body, right? In David's situation, I'm like, my soul is hurting because I've got unconfessed, unrepentant sin, and it, my bones are wasting away as a result of it. So there's this connection between the soul and the physical body even. Yeah. So even when you look at the Ten Commandments, one person put it, it's like, it's not so much that you broke one of God's rules, but you broke yourself when you didn't follow His ways that's what you were made for and we have an internal consequence to that and it's a downhill cycle too because once you break his law whether it be ten commandments or or the commandments on the mount um then you add to it by not coming to him when he says come to me you who are weary and heavy laden i will give you rest and so going to like you 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 know it would be good for all of us to take 15 minutes and kind of like sit quietly um, but we can't run away from our sin by doing yoga. We can't run away from our sin by meditating. We can't run away from our sin by medicating, you know, and, and so on and so forth. There's, and there is a way in the gospel of Jesus Christ to address sin, to be able to confess our sin and let God deal with it. Yeah. So over self-focus can hurt our soul. 
uh, sin hurts our soul. But you guys, you mentioned YouTube or um, just television or social media can also malnourish our soul. Mm. We're just like, you never feed it. So it's just shriveled up, malnourished soul. Like the idea of how we entertain ourselves. What's the impact that could have on our soul? Or where do you see that happening? I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the example of like, it's not just n- not eating junk food, right? But there's, you got to feed yourself with some, some kind of nourishment. Like I could eat chicken fingers every day. Would love to do that. And <gasps> Raising canes. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to avoid the. I don't like that illustration. I think we could probably eat chicken fingers every day. <laughs> <laughs> No, go for it. Um, man. I get you. I'm with so, you. Yeah. So, but we've got to find some kind of vegetables at some point to mm-hmm. nourish our bodies. And but if we're just running to okay, I need my self care day with the pedicure, manicure, you know, um, vacation. I need all those extra things. That's going to actually help me feel better. It's like, oh, you didn't. You're not eating any vegetables. Yeah. Hey, watch out. Like you're not. It's you're a not, quick fix. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of satisfied me in the mm-hmm. moment, but then it didn't nourish me. Yep. In that sense. Uh, Neil Postman wrote a book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, uh, kind of talking about the danger of television and the impact it would have us. The interesting thing is, he wrote that book in 1985. <laughs> so we've come a long way since then with things that entertain us. And he was at that time kind of waving the flag warning of, hey, we're going to amuse ourselves to death. Basically saying television slowly taught us that nothing was worth our time unless it was entertaining. Mm. And now we've kind of just, we come home, we turn on the TV, we watch news, we pull up our phone, we look at news, we watch YouTube videos, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, three hours went by. Mm -hmm. And we think that's just kind of a waste of time, but we don't see it like, oh, that was actually really bad for your soul. Mm -hmm. Like it just kind of made us people who don't feed on God well. Well, that need for entertainment and excitement and the quick blips. I mean, even in the church, right? You you find your favorite pastor and you listen to his 38-second clip of some hot spot in his message, you know, and you have that aspect too. And then, or you, or maybe you're less spiritual and you're like, you're watching YouTube, but it's for the house project for the weekend. And so it doesn't even like give you the rest that God gives us in the Sabbath. It's this constant spinning of the mind, this constant um, pushing forward, which isn't isn't addressing that deepest need that we actually have. It isn't growing our knowledge of the Savior or even how he could actually help you deal with peace. Yeah, And we can think nothing's perhaps morally wrong with watching a lot of TV every night or spending a lot of time on social media or perusing the internet in appropriate ways. But even if everything in that is on the up and up, there's a diet of it that's like, it'll just shrivel your, shrivel your soul. Like it doesn't, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? But I, what, I think it was you that said in our first Corinthians series too, like it's not sinful to eat a lawnmower. <laughs> now a lawnmower might be an aggressive uh, illustration, but like sure, it's not sinful, but is it wise? Is it helpful? You know, and so thinking that just coming back from a day of busyness, of chaos, of getting kids here and there, like certainly that that is busy. Yes, we acknowledge that all day long, but is it best just to try to go into numb mode and survive the evening um, when 
your maker is like, Hey, come, come here, come over here. Like, let's talk. Let's yeah. what, what's on your mind. What's on your heart of what are you th- worried about with the kids? What are you worried about with the schedule? How is the car running? And, and he actually intimately cares for his people and will minister to our soul in the deepest level ever. Hmm. Do you guys ever read George Orwell's book, 1985? Was it 1985? A long time ago. Yeah. 1984. 1984. No, I didn't read it, but I know the title. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to read it in school, but I was never uh, um, one of those that followed that rule. I followed every other rule except reading except books. Except for your reading assignments. <laughs> yes, for reading books. The pr- I mean, the premise of it is kind of, Big Brother, losing your freedom, oppressive government, which as of late, I mean, that, that book has kind of had new life with things that we're dealing with in our world. But, but uh, I want to read a clip from um, Neil Postman's Amusing Ourselves to Death because he references that. He says, Orwell warns that we'll be overcome by an externally imposed oppression. But in Huxley's vision, no Big Brother is required to deprive people of their autonomy, maturity, and history. As he saw it, people will come to love their oppression, to adore the technologies that undo their capacities to think. What Orwell feared were those who would ban books. What Huxley feared was those who would be no reason to ban a book, for there would be no one who wanted to read one. In short, Orwell feared that what we hate will ruin us. Huxley feared that what we love will ruin us. This book is about the possibility of Huxley, not Orwell, was right. The idea of like, we'll just love the ease of technology, the entertainment, the streaming so much, like it kills us from the inside out, not the outside in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, right in front of our faces. We yeah. just diminish. And maybe we look at the way we entertain ourselves as rather like, is this show okay or not? Should I watch this or not? And those are good questions to ask, but maybe we should ask, should I watch this much of it? Should mm-hmm. I, you know, turn it off, put a governor on? the amount of screen time that I have for the sake of my soul. Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, there is an aspect of an unhealthy soul or sign of it. There's a difference between busyness and hurry. And this was super convicting to me. If you're alive today, you're probably busy. You got a lot to do. That's a lot different than being hurried. Hurried is like a condition of the soul where it's just, you're never present. You're always kind of somewhere else. You, you got to get to the next thing where it just shows a soul that's not, at rest, mm-hmm. at peace. There's a lot of indicators of an unhealthy soul. Um, ho- hopefully this podcast could give you a chance to just look at your own life and evaluate how is the health of my soul? Is there unconfessed sin in my life I need to deal with? Is I've just become so preoccupied with myself. Um, am I just malnourished, never feeding my soul, but feeding constantly on things that don't edify? Um, understand the value of your soul, the importance of a healthy soul, um, and assess the health of your soul. Hopefully this can help. Uh, Next one, we'll wrap up this series on soul health by looking at practical ways we can care for our soul. Thanks, guys. Love you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.